Blog Talk Radio. Can hear you fine. 
You sound a little bit tired. You're all right there? The boys wore you out? I think the games are over. Oh, no. No, I'm good. Uh, uh, We actually uh, on spring break this week, so I'm okay. I've just really been uh, resting and relaxing today, so I'm good. This is your first day, first day of spring break, right? Yeah, it's the first day. The first okay. day of spring break. So uh, um, our last day was uh, last Friday. We don't go back until the 29th. So hopefully, I can get some much needed rest uh, so I can mm-hmm. finish out the rest of the school year. Okay, okay. Well, it will be over soon. I can't believe how quick this year has gone by. The kids will be out for summer yeah, again um, here soon. Time does not wait. Time does not wait, and that's why it's so important. We got to get it right. We just it's just time to just get it right. So um, tonight's topic, um, this is one that we, we had planned on doing last week. And just in the midst of, of many things, um, particularly seeing that one post just decided to kind of change it in the midst of, but thought it was appropriate to come back with it with it this week. And what I'd like to do, uh, we're going to read a great deal of Romans tonight because that's where this topic is is coming from. Um, So rather than than reading the episode info, because that'll just save some time if we just kind of move through Romans, but Romans is is probably, I hate to say the favorite, but one of my favorite chapters um, of the Bible in the Bible. So uh, this particular Romans 1 has just always stood out to me, particularly or more so these, these later years, these these most recent years, start to really just get so much from it. But Romans is 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 about righteousness, um, and it really, really, in my opinion, just reveals that without that change of heart, that that without changing the 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 content of your heart, I think. And, and, and the word tells us to guard our heart because out of it flows the issues of life. And I don't feel we do that enough. We live this superficial life with super people, superficial people in it, and we allow things and people to, to, to not only grow on our heart, we invite them on our heart, and then we allow them, allow what they do, who they are, to kind of grow there without communicating about it without, um, I guess, standing up for what you want out of life and your purpose. But in order to do that, we have to know who we are and we have to choose a side. We have to pick what side of the fence that we're going to be on because if you don't, I think you can easily fall into the trap of the reprobate mind. And so the the topic tonight is the reprobate mind, and again, coming from Romans um, chapter 1. And so so what we'll do is start, uh, well, before I start writing, anything about Romans that you'd like to share before I get to reading and, and get into the meat of it? Uh, the only thing I will say, Tammy, is that uh, if you study the book of Romans, um, as you as you stated, um, the the entire book of Romans deals with your heart deals with your mind, deals with transformation. Um, and so what happens is if you read uh, the book of Romans, um, you'll find yourself, if you have an open mind while you're, while you're reading it, you'll find yourself uh, searching your heart. And, mm-hmm. uh, and 
it's kind of hard to avoid certain things because they're, they're specifically called out. And, and where is your mind? Um, and no man can, can, can judge another man, but um, God knows everyone's heart. And so because of that, it's either you search your heart or you can allow him uh, to bring destruction on you because you choose not to uh, be honest with yourself. I totally agree. Totally agree. I've heard the the Romans uh, referred to as the heart of the gospel. Um, And as I I don't think I finished my, my sentence earlier when I was saying that it reveals without a change of heart produced by the, which is something we don't hear a lot about, produced by the Holy Spirit, that it is really impossible. I think it's really, really impossible to to have that right relationship with God. Whatever that right relationship is, should be based upon. It's between you and God. Um, I was sharing mm-hmm. with a friend today as I was discussing this topic, and I was sharing with her as a little girl. My grandmother. Um, shared with me, and I I tell people the older I get and the more I grow into whatever it is, I remember so many things that my grandmother shared shared with me while she was here. And one of the things she shared with me was that, you know, if it convicts you, then it's wrong for you. Did quite Mm -hmm. understand that at that point, but as I've grown and, 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 and searched my heart, searched this transformation thing, trying to live it out, I realize that when it when it's wrong for me, or when God speaks to me and I and, and I have a conviction upon me, um, then it's wrong for me and where and, and my journey, my spiritual journey, whatever that is and wherever I am at the time. Because we all come from different places, we all have different backgrounds, different situations, um, different things on our heart that has affected us, and so those things those things that convict us are going to be different. I think we're all fighting a battle, just different battles and at different times. And so once you realize not um, that you should not look at the world or even people in most cases to determine or solve your issues or what's going on inside of you, you really have to, like Rodney said, you have to search your heart for yourself and be honest with yourself. Be honest with what you realize is there, and then deal with it. What's there and why? What's on your heart? What's in your heart? Why and what is it producing? What kind of life? What type of life is it producing? Are you are you that reprobate mind? And if so, why? I feel like for for the reprobate mind, it's just a it's a matter of of of. Ego, uh, having the ego pride, uh, being of the world, and, and more importantly, as Romans will reveal when I read this part, serving or satisfying the creature rather than the creator, which is yourself. And, and mm-hmm. I, I see that even our young kids are coming at three, four, five they are so self-serving, and I think that has to be taught. It's, when you're that young and you are so self-serving, like so, you know, you have kids not not one to share in any way, shape, form, or fashion, or if they don't get it their way right then, they will pout and they will shout and they will throw these fits that people call them, and it grows into this monster. 
or this reprobate mind, especially when they're able to start so so early. So just wanted to let you guys know, you know, about Romans and where we're coming from. And so if you haven't if you haven't studied the book of Romans, please do so. Please just, just make it your own personal Bible study. So uh Rodney and I were talking before the show and Rodney suggested I back up just a little bit to start, so I'm gonna um I'm going to just be obedient because that's okay with me. I thought I was going to be reading too much if I started too far, (laughs) but I'm glad he mentioned it because Romans, we could really read all of Romans and just say, okay, show over. But uh, I really want you guys to to think about what is the Holy Spirit because, again, I I, I mentioned a little bit earlier that without a change of heart produced by the Holy Spirit, it is impossible to have that right relationship with God. So what is the Holy Spirit? And answer that for yourself. And what is a right relationship with God? What does that look like to you? What does a right, have you ever seen it? Would you know what it, what, what it looks like if you did see it? You know, is it a part of your life? And if not, why? How do we get there? So we'll start with, um, Rotten, you want to read any parts of this? Are you okay with me reading it? Uh, uh, no, I'm reading ahead. from, okay. I'm reading from you guys, um, my Bible is called the Spiritual Warfare Bible, or one of them, and it's the New King James Version. So yours may be a little bit different if you go back and study, but I'm going to start at verse 18. And uh, the title for, in, in, in my Bible, it has a little title there, and hopefully yours does it as well, but it's God's Wrath on Unrighteousness. And as I mentioned, the, the, the key word or the meat of Romans, in my opinion, is, is basically righteousness. It's, this word righteousness is mentioned, I think, over 60 times in this particular chapter or, or the book. I'm sorry. So I'll start at 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth. In unrighteousness, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, God, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his internal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So what that's basically saying, and I'll stop there for just a minute before going on to 21, is that God has has shown himself so that we all will know and be without excuse. And however way you want to see that, whether it's through creation, whether it's through your own life, what we talked about God moments, God has made himself visible to us through his invisible attributes. He's made it so clear being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they, we, would be without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful. Uh-huh. I was just going to say. Um, right, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, uh-huh. Okay. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Okay. 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 So that may, at 21, I'll start, I'll start over there. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts 
and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. 24, therefore, God, God also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. 26, for this reason, God gave them up to the, where it says here, their vile passions for even their women exchanged their natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which is due, which was due. And I'll stop there before we go on because as we go on, it actually talks about so many things that are going on now. Uh, that we could really, really, so we'll get into, we'll we'll pick up at uh, verse 28 there shortly. So, Rodney, what parts of that stood out to you? My, I guess my favorite, favorite part uh, would, would be about where I stopped, meaning that God has, has shown himself and made it so clear that we would, would be without excuse in the knowledge of him and serving him and seeking that, that righteous life. And it, it reminded or reminds me of the verse, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But we don't really hear about living or pursuing a righteous life, in my opinion. We don't really hear much about the Holy Spirit anymore. Um, and so I feel like we hear this watered-down ministry that, that tells us you can do what you want and you're okay. But at some point, when you're seeking and serving God, when that is truly your desire to be pleasing to God, when you are doing what you want, it should get to a point that it bothers you, that you no longer want to satisfy the creature, that your mission becomes pleasing the creator, denying yourself. And so uh, I guess if we could stop there for a minute, Rodney, anything on that? Uh yeah, I'm, uh, going back to uh, <laughs> verses 18 through through 20, I believe that's where you were. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look, it says it talks about people suppressing the truth by their mm-hmm. wickedness. Um, mm-hmm. How often do we know the truth, but so that we can do whatever we want, we suppress the truth and. I was on uh, Trent and Anthony's uh, show uh, just listening to them on Saturday, and mm-hmm. Anthony said something that, that, that kind of goes along with this. And what he said was, he said, you have a lot of books out there today. You have a lot of Bibles or different religious books. You have a lot of different religions. He said, but one thing you don't have, more than one of them, he said, that is the truth. He said, there's only truth. one version yeah. of the truth. And it says it, it, here in 18, it says, suppress the truth by their wickedness. So 
In other words, we're going to uh, get as far away from the truth as we possibly can. We're going to push the truth so far down, and whether we do it knowingly or unknowingly, it says by their wickedness. So by people's wickedness, and this is a matter of the heart, what's in people's heart just pushes the truth further and further down. You ever uh, talk to somebody and it's like they they have lied so much that they believe that their lie is oh, yeah. the truth. That's how much they yeah. lie, that they think that their lie is the truth. But if you read on in 19, it says uh, God has made it plain to them. He has made it plain. So it, it's almost like you can't look at a sheet of paper and not see that it's a sheet of paper. That's how plain God has made it. And, and it says that he has made his invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature, have been clearly seen. And it says so that people are without excuses. There are no excuses. There mm-hmm. are none. No matter, no matter what you can, can come up with, no matter what justification people have for the things that they do, and the biggest one is, well, nobody's perfect. The scripture says people are without excuse. So you can't say, well, nobody's perfect because you are without excuse. There is that's not what no, we're saying. That's, that's there. That, that's exactly. not what that's we're saying. <laughs> that's not what we're saying. We, 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 we do things knowingly and intentionally, and instead of just saying, hey, Here's who I am. Hey, here's how I mm-hmm. am. We well, nobody's perfect. Yeah, but come on, you know, you know what you did. But more importantly, what God looks at more than your action, God looks at your heart. So even when you are doing things that are quote good things, if your heart isn't right, if if there's wickedness in your heart, that's what God is judging. Because the again, these are matters of the heart. So, so Rodney, where do you just that word reprobate? Um, in my opinion, it's basically what we just said: having that knowledge of God, but denying the truth of that mm-hmm. knowledge. And as you talked about uh, doing what we want, I think people find or, or make an excuse, if I may use that word, because that's that's there in the reading. We make excuses in order to do what we want to do. And as as Rodney said, rather than just saying, you know, this is who I am, because as long as we make the the excuses, we continue to make the excuses, we're going to continue the behavior. But if you stop Mm -hmm. and say, this is who I am, maybe somewhere along the way you, you will determine that it's not who you want to be or who you were created to be. And if you're searching and you're thirsting for purpose, and the passion that you need to fulfill that purpose, maybe some of the things that you've claimed, this is, you know, this is just the way it is, Um, I'm not perfect. Maybe if you will get some of those things out of the way, you will walk into your purpose. You will be able to turn away from a reprobate mind because just hearing um, or reading even about the reprobate mind and it basically those who have the knowledge of God, and it's already said, He's made it so clear so we will be without excuse. To me, that says we all know. We all know. So many of us, if we're not, if we're denying that truth that we know, then we can easily have that reprobate mind 
unknowingly. So much so as when Rodney said people lie so much until they begin to believe the lies, they also live that lie. They begin to live the lies that they tell. And they the stories, I mean, people, right now I don't know if you were on the show, the people of the lie, when we did the show about people of the lie, and it's, it's, a, it's those people who by any means necessary are going to convince you that their lie is the truth. No matter what, they're going to they're going to stand on it, stand by it, and they're going to be right no matter what. Well, when you it's start, a, go ahead. Oh, the only I was just going to jump in here and say that uh, uh, according to Christian theology, uh, the the definition of reprobate is a sinner who is uh, predestined to damnation. So if you've been turned over to that mindset, you have essentially been given the mindset of somebody who's uh, predestined for damnation. That that who you are in the eyes of God, you've been turned over to that to that to that mindset where you're doomed uh, for damnation. Yeah, I I ran across a definition that said. Uh, and this was basically comparing the 16th century reprobate, the definition for reprobate or the outlook on reprobate at that time. It was comparing it to the 16th century versus the 19th century, and it was speaking how, based on the 16th century, it was saying it was a, it was hardened sinners who had fallen from God's grace. And that was interesting to, to me as I was sharing it with a friend today. She said to me, you better not say that. Anybody has fallen from God's grace, these people will get mad at you about that. But it was interesting to me because I hear so many people talking about God's grace, um, including mm-hmm. myself. And in my opinion, God's grace is a gift, and he gives to whom he pleases. It, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean we cannot fall, we cannot remove ourselves from that grace. That doesn't mean he has stepped away. I I, I can't say when and who and why he does that far, but I I do believe and feel that we can be turned over. We can be turned over to that reprobate mind and God just waits for you to return if if if, if it if it is your choice. Um and I think a lot of people don't feel that God ever takes his hands off of us. Um mm-hmm. it's kinda like a child. You can you can have a child and you have a parent who has just who has to say, enough is enough. I did all that I can do. You are without excuse. You are without reason here. We did all that we can do. Now you have to go do what you want to do. And if you return, then we'll be here for you. It's, it's no different than that to me. And that's, that's that in itself, the, the best thing, or I would say one of the best things that could have happened to me is becoming a parent and experiencing the love for my son and then thinking about, wow, would I? Would I give my son up for this world to save the world? Would I? Would I? To save people that I don't know, people that I don't really like, people that I don't even care to like, keep it real. <laughs> would I? Would I? I mean, that's the Tammy. But because I want to be pleasing God, I have to learn how to deal with even those people. In my own way, what's best for my spiritual life? Go ahead, Ryan. I'm sorry. Got it. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, no. Go. Don't know where I was anyway. Go. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was going to say that that if you if you read uh, the Old Testament, there are so many um, stories about the things that that God did um, to people for this. Um, how God took people's lives for things that we do without thinking twice about them in that uh in today's time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm gonna read this because it's always uh a surprise to people and they're like, What? That's in the Bible? <laughs> so <laughs> uh it comes from Genesis thirty eight. And you know what, I'll just start with verse one because it's not that long. And it says, and it came to pass at that time that Judah went down from his brethren and turned him into a certain Adamalite whose name was Hira. And Judah saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua, and he took her and went in unto her. In other words, they had sex, um, and she conceived. She got pregnant and bare a son. And he called his name Er. And she conceived again and bare a son, and he called his name Onan. And she yet again conceived and bare a son and called his name Shelah, and he was at Chesed when she bare him. And Judah took a wife for Er, his firstborn, whose name was Tamar. And Er, Judah's firstborn, so this is his son, his first son, was wicked in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord slew him. So because he was wicked in the sight of the Lord, the Lord Mm -hmm. killed him. Mm -hmm. And then verse 8, it says, and Judah, so here's the daddy, going to the next son and said, he said unto Onan, go in unto thy brother's wife. In other words, get her pregnant, go in and have sex with her. It says, go in unto unto thy brother's wife and marry her and raise up seed to thy brother. So he was to, to go in and marry this woman who, you know, God had killed the other brother for being wicked. So he goes, he commanded to go in, have sex with this woman, marry her, raise up a child in the name of your brother. So in verse 9, an old man knew that the seed should not be here. So he knew that even though I'm going in and doing this, this is really for my brother. So it says that he knew that the seed should not be his. And it came to pass when he went in unto his brother's wife, he had sex with her, that he spilled it on the ground, lest that he should give seed to his brother. So we ain't really got to dig into deep to what he spilled on the ground. But in other words, mm-hmm. he went in and had sex with her. And right before he was about to put seed into his brother's wife, he pulled out. And the thing, verse 10, it says, and the thing which he did displeased the Lord, wherefore he slew him also. So something that people don't think twice about today, pulling out, God killed a man for doing this. Yes. Why? I don't think it was because he did it, but it was where his heart was. Because it says that his brother lost his life because he was wicked. And again, these these are matters of the heart. And what we don't understand is that the Bible says that 
he has mercy on whoever he chooses. So if he hasn't turned you over to a reprobate mind, you ought to be thankful because mm-hmm. he could have, he can, and you don't know if he will. Mm. Well, Rodney, like you said, and I think a lot of people came in after we talked about the Romans and it being the heart of the gospel and, and that change of heart that, that needs to take place um, that is produced, again, by the Holy Spirit, that it is, it is impossible to have that right relationship with God. And I want to make sure that people hear that because you need to ask yourself that question. What is your right relationship with God? Where are you in that process? And how are you doing? Because if, if 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 the desire is not to be pleasing to God, and that is not, it's not easy. It's not easy. Like I said, I've, I've been talking about this topic all day, and we we were talking about the different phases and stages of 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 I guess this righteousness. I'll call it. That's not what we refer to. Use you know we reference it to today. But if you, if you, just for the sake of the show tonight, just the, the different stages of, of righteousness. And Brandon told me a few weeks ago that, Mom, you should you should be thankful because it's just been it's been a challenge. Just this things like this is a, this it's really getting harder. Like the stages are getting harder. Um, and he said you're at a you're at a at a phase. You're at the end of one of your stages, and it always gets tough at the end. It always seems to get really, really difficult, and then you'll have this breeze, you know, for for a little while. You'll have like, oh, I'm doing great here. But that's a great way to look at it. But thank God, Rodney, like you said, if you have not been turned over, then let that be fuel to you that your heart is in the right place. It's in the right place. doesn't mean that you, you don't have work to do because we all do, and I don't think we'll ever, ever be done until it's over. Like as long as if, if you get up today, there's something there's something to work on. There's something about you that you need to give up and change. Die, die daily, die daily. I remember the, the verse, and I don't know exactly where this is. Pick up your cross and follow me. Whatever your cross is, are you just willing to pick it up and say, I'm I'm, I'm picking it up and I'm following you? Or are you picking it up and doing what you want to do and being okay with that? Consistently being okay. Doesn't mean you're not going to mess up, but if you're doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and you're okay, but at the same time you're seeking and, and serving this mighty God and you're never convicted by, by any of your wickedness about what you know is in your heart, then something's wrong with that right relationship. Something's wrong. I'm going to jump check. Do we have any right. callers? Go ahead, Tammy. I'm sorry. No, I was saying, do I have not looked to see if we have anybody. Remember, you guys, if you want to oh, jump in checking, or have a comment uh, or a question. You did? Okay, great. Yeah, I kept checking. No one had pressed the number one. Uh, Thanks, Rodney. In verse 21, it says, although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. So it doesn't sound like he's talking about people who have yet to uh, learn of him, 
So, mm-hmm. you know, you think about kids, you know, and that that's always a, a debate, you know, uh, what is the right age. But it, but in 21 it says, although they knew God. So he's talking about people who knows him, people who seen him, his glory. It says they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. So they pretty much ignored him. But their thinking became futile and Futile just means pointless. So they have all of these empty thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And even though they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being. So this is just a continuation of there is no excuse. So here you have people who know God, know he exists, seeing him perform miracles, and yet they still act like he does not exist to the point where it says now that their thoughts don't even mean anything and their hearts are just dark. And then in, in verse 23, it talks about how they gave up the glory of God for some images of people and animals. How many people, Tammy, are sitting in churches today that are worshiping, that are worshiping the leaders, worshiping the pastors, worshiping the the first lady, worshiping the bishop, but not worshiping God. How many people are doing that? How many people are falling all over the pastor, but yet they have no relationship with God? Heart just is empty. But yet, again, it says claiming to be wise, so they, they really think. They have it together. And the whole time, the scripture says they became fools. You know what, Rodney? I think the best thing that someone can do when you said that they have it together is just acknowledge that you don't. I'll tell you, I don't. I don't have it all together. I don't. But I tell you who does the Creator. Mm -hmm. That's who does, and, and without him, I've said this on this show, without my desire to seek him and be pleasing to him, I wouldn't trust myself, mm-hmm. period. So why should I trust anybody that does not have that desire? If I say without that, I wouldn't trust myself, then why? And I think we get so caught up in in being so, I guess, putting out this perception of um, everything's great on the outside. And we, we, we deal with, like you say, we, you have people that are, are just, I guess, so adamant about um, these pastors just being, we talked about, I believe, might have, might have been last week's show, how uh, you have wives, and probably men too, but you'll have a wife that, that treats her pastor better than her husband. Um, mm-hmm. But we are so caught up in being this 
nice person and what you just read, we see what happened. But yet we will we will we are so adamant about looking white rather than being white. Because when you're white, you don't have to worry about how you look. It is what it is. But we are playing this game with ourselves and with the with the creator. And with the creator. We have we have a caller and Rodney, when we come back, if you if you want to, maybe you could start at twenty eight because that's where it gets into um, the consequences. And as you mm-hmm. said, Rodney, I want the people to really, really listen and go back and read this starting at 20. Read all of it if you can, but certainly start maybe at 26. Let's just say 18 where we started tonight, and when you get to 28, it starts to, to break it down. And if you, when you hear these things and if you think about what is happening today, among people, especially when it talks about creating inventors of evil, like creating new things that make you go, what they did, what? What happened? That's happening every day. Every day. Mm -hmm. I just posted and tagged you on it, Rodney, a video where people were fighting coming from church, and I heard it was over a conversation. They were fighting like, like they're not human. When I visited Virginia yeah, I and I was that. with Tamaria, we, we talked about how animals are beginning to act more human than humans. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, they're not afraid of us anymore. The, the animals that used to run, and I mean, they come to the road and just look like, hey, you know, I'm going to drive soon. I'm going to have a car. I'm going to be doing that soon because we have more sense than you are. They're more connected mm-hmm. spiritually, I believe, than, than humans are today. The animals left when the tsunami, tsunami came. My grandparents used to know when it was going to rain or what was happening. They, they just knew there was no weatherman or weather lady needed for that. They were connected spiritually. And so we have a caller. Let's pull in our caller. Caller from 843, and I don't think we, we advise how we will pull you in, but we will identify the call by providing the area code that you're calling from and the last four digits of the number that you're calling from. So we're pulling in 843, the last four digits, 3000. You're on the air with us. Hi, Tammy. Hi, Rodney. This is Nika. Hey, <laughs> how's it going? How are you? Fine. I love your topic tonight. Thank you. Uh, thank you, awesome. thank you, thank you. Wow, it makes you think. I'll tell you that. I was listening to the scripture reading, and it made me think about my own uh, mess and how, you know, if anybody says they have it together, it's not a truth, or the name is Jesus. I mean, it's just one or the other. I, um, And it's funny that you're talking about the reprobate mind because I could remember even in my darkest days, I would read that and hope that a person got turned over into a reprobate mind. That's how dark I was, that I was using scripture as a way to lash out punishment on people, you know, to make somebody feel mm. as bad as I felt at the time. Um, mm. And it's, it's just such a serious thing. And, and it's scary. It's, it's so scary that the world is scary. And to think that people are walking around and doing hurtful things to other people and just basically acting insane and not showing any accountability. And yet 
on Sunday, say they love the Lord. Um, and this has become like a phenomenon for for people in the world. I mean, this is just what they do. Um, not everyone, but it is this highly, you know, in the media you see it all the time. You see, you know, people saying they love the Lord, and then the first person that they put on blast is a, a pastor, you know, that's been out there in the world and, you know, he has a flock following him or her, and then they're out there wilding out. You know, it's just, it makes you wonder, okay, who are the righteous and who are the ones that have been turned over to their sin? And I don't believe that anyone is righteous in their own. They're righteous through Christ. And as I sat and listened to these scriptures and how, you know, God was, you know, in the Old Testament, God was, he was he was not playing. He was a strict parent. It was there was no leniency. It was my way or nothing. I mean, it, there was no in between. There was no. I don't even think grace even existed back in the Old Testament. I, I really don't believe that. And if it if it did exist, it was given to a few chosen folks. And, and I mean it. God was just cold. I mean, there's no other way to put it. You know, you didn't play with him. You didn't test him because he meant what he said, and he said what he meant, point blank. However, now we have gotten to a place, and only because of Jesus, that we do have righteousness. That is the only reason why. Now people are abusing it. So they're abusing the grace, they're abusing the mercy, and they're abusing the righteousness of Christ. Because none of us can be whole without Christ. None of us can be seen righteous without Christ. And people mm-hmm. are playing on that. I mean, you know, I know that I'm not righteous within my own strength. But I I know I'm righteous through the blood. But it's not my blood because I was paid for at a price. I was bought. So in knowing that, now I can boldly go to the throne and talk to God. I can go to the mercy seat. I can talk to my father. I can I can go to him without being smited, you know, like they were in the Old Testament, without being turned into a mm-hmm. pillar of salt, you know. But, again, that's because of Jesus. And the world is just, some people are believing. And just like Rodney said, people are now worshiping the pastors, the leaders of the church. And then the sad thing about it is the leaders of the, some of the leaders of the church are okay with that. They're okay with being put in that place, but they need to know that they're going to be held accountable too and at a higher standard because they were called to lead God's people, but not lead God's people unto them, but lead God's people unto God. And it's just amazing to sit and watch people. But as you sit and you think and you read your word, you know, and we're accountable, you know, people say, you know, I, I was listening to you, Tammy, when you were saying how people see God a different way. Some may see him through, you know, nature, you know, just different ways that they seek God. And people fail to understand. Every time you open the word of God, you're looking God in his face. Every time you open the word, it's alive. You are looking God in his face, eye to eye. He is talking to you directly. There is no middleman. It's you and God, and you're sitting by yourself. So, you know, people take for granted God and they need to understand that yes, a lot of us, if not all of us, are living just on grace. We are living just on grace. That's all we have is grace. Because if we did any of the things I know me, I wouldn't have survived in the old testament. 
I don't even know if I'd have made out my ten years in the Old Testament. I I know I would. If there is no way, there is no way. But then again, the Holy Spirit, you know, and in Christ. And I remember Tammy talking about, you know, what does the Holy Spirit mean? To me, the Holy Spirit is that part of Christ. We couldn't get the Holy Spirit when he was here because he was among us. But once he left, he didn't leave us alone. He left us a part of him. And then we got to remember, too, Christ said that we would do greater things than him. So that means he expects for us to keep going on and keep spreading his word. But I believe, though, for every piece of foolishness and garbage that we see, people acting crazy, fighting out in the world, there's revival going on in other places in the world. You know, these these starving countries, there's revival happening over there. Africa, you know, all these places, there's revival going on. But, see, then you have the media where it's being controlled, therefore it's only showing the dark side and having people mm-hmm. in hysteria, panicking, and, and just losing it. But Jesus is not losing any momentum at all. And we all know how the story ends. And there's certain things that we have to go through, but the word clearly tells us every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And that's just the way it's going to be. Now, you can make your days here on earth hell, because we can do that. Or we can live it the best that we can and continue to grow. Not saying that we are without fault, that we're, you know, perfect people. No. I mean, you know, I could, I know through my day-to-day, I said, Lord, I got to repent because I shouldn't have said that out of my face, you know, just out of my flesh rising up, mm-hmm. you know. But the growth is acknowledging that I know I need to do it and that I do it because it was a time that I didn't care. So I believe the more you study, the more you spend time with God and, and that you learn God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, and what role each of them play to you, I think then you can become stronger. So I believe our righteousness lies in Christ. But in the Old Testament, there's no way. I wouldn't have seen 20 nothing. I wouldn't have seen any of it. And I believe that everybody, even those who don't even acknowledge Christ, have no idea the covering that they have. They have no idea. There's people walking around and just just being covered by grace and mercy, don't even care. But because the Savior that we have cares even the more, he's going to cover them anyway, but for such a time, because God still has a wrath, and people will be forgetting that. And I remember, Tammy, you were talking about, you know, um, either Tammy or Rodney, you were talking about how, the word is almost watered down, and mm-hmm. yeah. people are being sung to hell. They're being whispered in their ears straight to hell. They're being told these little sweet stories, these little cute things, nothing to edify the spirit because they want to keep people in their buildings. Well, the the church is not the building. The church is the people. And if you have all these people walking around with rotten spirits, you're not doing your job. What is the church? Exactly. You know, so, hey, Mika, you know, this is I Tammy. just don't... I have a question for you. Um, yes, I actually, I have a question. I actually uh, bought your book up today to the lady, young lady that I was speaking to uh, about the show. And 
and I, I'm I'm gonna put it out there and you be, be you know, you for sure give out how to purchase your book, but you guys if if okay. if you have not and if you can please support and purchase Nika's book. Um I I read this book like in a day, like in a few hours really. And and what what had happened I had I had misplaced the book and I had basically thought that Brandon Brandon is good about picking up my books and, and taking them. I had put it on everybody because I'd looked everywhere, but I found it at the time I needed it. And I remember sitting on the floor, <laughs> just all into it. And I, and as I talked about this today with my friend, I, I, and it was about the time where you had put out there about the topic of the show. And I wondered, did you, did you ever thinking about this, this, the reprobate mind, do you ever, ever feel that you were you were there at a time. I remember one particular part in the book where I thought, oh, she she got it, she got it this time. This is this, and I believe it was. I don't want to give away the book, but I believe it was right after you had come out of um, one of the. I think this was the shelter where you had gone back home, and I think it had had went to one that you kind of liked that that suited you or fitted you in a sense. And I thought, oh, she got, she has it, she got it this time. And but you kind of went back to that place. So, was thinking back, do you feel that there was ever a time? And the name of the book is "He Saw He Saw Me." Correct? Is it he, mm-hmm. S-A-W? Yes. Um, uh-huh. Was there ever a time looking back that you felt you you had that reprobate mind? I believe back then, um, in the earlier days, I did not because I didn't have a clear understanding of who God was at that time. Um, okay. I really didn't know God. I knew I got baptized. I really didn't even know why I got baptized. I I really didn't. I did it because everybody else did, to be to tell the mm. truth. I had no idea. I knew a God exists, but I didn't know nothing about God. I, I really didn't know. But as I got older and, and through some of my relationships and, like, my first marriage, I, I still I knew a little bit about God, but not that much. Now, my, my husband now, my last and only husband, um, the relationship that I had with him, I believe that I was dangerously close. I believe that I I was playing around, dancing on the edge. And I believe that that was because I lost sight of everything. Because at one point I felt that if God loved me, why would he even allow me to go through this again the same way? Can a God that loved me do this to me again. So I was dangerously close. But thank God that it was some real men and women of God that really knew God that helped bring me back. And then, of course, accountability, you know, and studying myself. I couldn't, you know, depend on everybody else's religion. I needed to find my own faith. And I believe once I took that time and took accountability for my actions, Slowly but surely, I was coming back, you know, and the more, you know, I think you have to make a choice. You know, we do get to a place where, you know, the choice is ours. You know, we get to pick. You know, God is a gentleman. You know, we don't, he don't force us to love him, you know, and I think at some point you have to to choose to want to be better, to choose to follow God, to choose to follow the truth. And just like Rodney said, the um, gentleman he had the conversation with, it's only one truth. And I believe that you have to have a moment of sanity. 
So earlier in the book, no, because I really didn't, I was really ignorant to who God was and what faith was. But as I got older, I danced dangerously close with it. And it's a scary feeling just to think of the what ifs. Because I could have been turned over to a reprobate mind. But I had grace and mercy, thank God. Not quite, but I, I sure played with it real close. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Well, that was my yes, question. Okay, that was my question. Thank Rodney, you. Rodney's quiet you. tonight. Rodney, you okay? <laughs> uh, no, I was listening. Uh, <laughs> no, just listening. Um, I, I I think that um, um, that we've that we've all at least been at that place, or at least thought that we have or uh we knew that we were only one step away from just completely uh. falling um out of God's grace and so um uh, you know that that that's our that that should be our motivation for always being grateful and always being humble because if you think uh. about if you think about the number of tragedies that happen within the daytime you think about the number uh. of I know think about as uh, all the times we're sitting in traffic, right? And of course, nobody wants to sit in traffic. But usually, there's some there's some sort of accident. I don't know how many accidents are there on the day. But instead of riding by an accident, what if that were your car that was flipped over on the side of the road? Because yeah. it, it, it could be. Instead of looking at the news and saying, "Man, this is sad. Uh, people are always getting shot, killed, and murdered, stabbed," and raped and kidnapped, suppose somebody were looking at the news and it was you that they were were reporting about. And so, you know, none of us are exempt. Uh, we're just all fortunate that God has been merciful uh, uh, to us. Yes. And be, because of that, we should always be humble and we should always be grateful because, keep in mind, he doesn't have to. Yes. And so yes. I think uh that that's just something for us to uh keep in mind. Yes. Well Nika, thank yes. you. I guess we're going and you can hang on out with us if you want. I um I do want of Rodney to, to to get that part. We'll just leave you on, um, if you don't mind. So Rodney, because I want to hear what you think about um this next part because as I as I think about the young people and and, and what I guess what's okay and what they're okay with doing, like what we saw today on this video, or or just the thought of young men being able to rob, beat, and kill people who could be their grandmothers and mothers. And in some instances, these are the grandsons. Um, I just saw a story mm-hmm. where a brother killed his, his mother and his sister and said they, they both deserved it. Like like logic, where does it come in? And, and as I think about the young people, as, as Rodney reads, this, start with twenty eight. You know the things that if you if you bring this forward, what Rodney's going to read, if you bring it to today's world, today's life, it's happening. It's happening, especially the part about inventors of evil things, like the stuff that we see happening before us. I mean, there was I, I just can't even imagine. At a time before thinking that these things would happen. Mm. Period. So, Rodney, you got it. I'm ready to hear this one. 
Before we do that, Tammy, uh, we do have a caller, so I'm going to bring in the caller first. Uh, okay. From area code 330, last four digits are 43, uh, I'm sorry, not 43, 4094. Uh, caller, you are on the air. Buddy, this is this is Henry. How is everybody doing? Good, hey, Henry. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Um, I, I'd like to uh, chime in my little uh, opinion on this about the reprobate mind. And when, when we read in the Romans chapter 1, if you read how Paul is writing here, he talks about these people in the past tense. These people did these things. Not that they would do these things or could do these things. He's, he's talking about a reference point. He's referring to a people who did things before and how God had did this to them and how they had done that, and how they did have God in their knowledge, and they and they became reprobate. God gave them over to a reprobate. And so it's not a warning about what God would do to you. He's using something that had already happened as an example of what you can learn from so that it doesn't happen to you, so that you don't follow in that same. So who would these people be? Obviously, I think these people probably would be the people who lived in Noah's day because <clears throat> those people had given themselves over to every sin imaginable and the thought of their heart was evil continually. And God had destroyed the whole creation except for Noah and his family. Um, and and we can see today, you know, these kids is running the streets, shooting each other, running up on old folks, punching them out. I don't think these people have been given over to reprobate mind because it says in the, in the, in the book of Romans here that we're reading, these people have at one time had new God. Um, but these people on the streets today, these people, these kids, in my opinion, have mm-hmm. never, ever really had a true experience with God. They never, they, they, they've had plenty of experiences with religion, religious people, religious people who have failed them. Um, religious people My dad for example He said he wouldn't go to church He said because the same people you go going to church with And giving your money to on Sunday Is the same people he said he was out gambling with on the weekend He said he knew a lot of the preachers that was out They put a bad taste in his mouth about the church And you know We We have to recognize That The apostles And, and, the, and the early church Those guys had a mandate. They preached the good news of the kingdom. We today don't really preach the kingdom. We preach salvation. Salvation just gets you into the kingdom. But they actually preached another dimension that you can live. God has is, is bringing in a new way of life for you. This is one of the reasons that kids will run to gangs. Because see, the gang will give you a job. The gang will say, hey, run this over here and we'll give you some money. You run to the church, they tell you, give me your money. <laughs> so this this is not, the, 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 the people on the street are a counterfeit of what the church is supposed to be. The, the people on the street, the system, the world will give you stuff and make you dependent on them. And then when you go to church, a lot of times, all they want to do is just pray for you. See, and you don't really have anything of substance to offer me when that dude is whipping my head, you know, and I've been in prostitution since 12 years old, and that's all I know, and this pimp is beating me half to death, and you come to the church, 
they might try to risk you away, but a lot of times people don't want you coming up in their house. They don't want that pimp knocking on their door. People more woke there. I mean, they, they, we're not really, you know, if you got a gang after you, the last place you want to go is a church. Because if that gang run up in there, they're going, I, I don't know. I, 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 I guess every church is different. <laughs> but I don't think that the men in the church are qualified and equipped for that type of activity. That if a gang run up in there and say, we taking him out of here, or we taking that girl out of here, <clears throat> or all y'all can die. You know, I don't think that the men of God in the church or the people who profess to be men of God have enough of the, the, the righteous presence in their words to be able to speak because we're here in the, in, the, in, the, in the place of the Messiah. We're here in the words place. We're supposed to be speaking both the judgments of God as well as the blessings of God. <laughs> and, and people strive, they, we kind of shy away from the, 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 the judgments of God part. We say, well, God handles that. David prayed for his, the judgment from his enemies all the time. The, the Messiah proclaimed that Israel was going to be judged. The apostles went out and they said Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. If you don't believe the Messiah is the last thing sacrifice, you will perish. They <laughs> turn or burn. That, they, they, they literally spoke those things. Nobody could take their life until their ministry was completely done. And before and within thirty within forty years they had a testimony that they had turned the world upside down by the power of their words. But we speak in so much foolishness and, and, and our words have got so much light and dark and salt water and fresh in it and, and foolishness mm. that our words don't have no power. And there's no conviction right. and God can't back it because he only backs a pure word. <laughs> So we, while we're preaching all this stuff that's causing people to become self-centered, you know, giving and God will give you in a hundredfold time. We try to make it seem like the only way God can bless you is you got to take the method of giving and receiving. God, what about the fact that God can just bless you just because you ask? Who, 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 who says that? You know, he said, ask and I'll give it unto you. He didn't say, ask me according to your credit score. He said, ask me according to how much you gave to me. Those are other principles. Yeah, there's a giving and receiving principle. But, and I'm not trying to be long-winded, but I'll say this. Why, why do we teach giving and receiving in the way that we teach it? The Messiah already told us that, we were, that he was speaking in parables. Because the pastor so wants to receive. You know the answer to that. Because the pastor wants to well, receive. No. That has nothing to do with God in most cases. I just had to jump in there. We, we know why they preach it because not all, but most of them want to receive. And, and, and what happens when this, this, it, they, they give not of a pure heart but because pastor said so and don't reap the fruit in, in, in the way that the pastor has said that they would or should because it's not about, what, like you said, it's not about what you give. If you're giving from, from a heart of a mess, then, then what's going to come from that? What's gonna come, what, well, what should we expect from that? I'm not even talking about yes. that aspect. I'm talking about the aspect, if, if I come over your house and I sow potatoes in your backyard, where is the harvest of the, of the potatoes going to come? In your backyard. Why, am I, why do we teach that if I come and sow potatoes in your backyard, that the harvest is going to come in my backyard? <laughs> Well, in I mean, my I mean, case, I mean, it would because you'd be, you'd, you'd be open to get the potatoes out of my backyard, but it doesn't work that way. 
with everybody, especially with and 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 not. I don't want to get, get on the church here, the, the 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 church part of it, because that that that's a whole other topic. But however, we first got to get get our mindset of church being this building and looking at how the church is ran. Let that let that base our walk, our spiritual walk, because. Again, if we look at the world, if we even look at the modern-day church today, it's, it's hard to grow spiritually in the setting of church today, my opinion. It's hard. You have to really look to find one who is going to feed you so that you will want to grow spiritually, that you will want to deny yourself. They're doing that, okay. in my opinion, because if they don't, if they, if they preach to you in a manner that you have to change, guess what? So do they. Because if you go grow smarter, then your discernment is going to grow. And you're going to change. And you're going to have wisdom. You're going to have that knowledge that you act upon, that you live by. And so, I mean, that's that's just... That's just the way I see it. That's just, it's, I mean, we have to know that church is a place that we go, but spiritually we should we should go equipped, and that's just a place where you go and, and, and you, are, you have fellowship with other believers who are wanting to grow, who are growing spiritually, who want the truth, who, who does not yeah. want to be fed that milk. So, I mean, that's part of reprobate mind. Right. I think the, the church, right. the way that the church is teaching and feeding us, is is handing us over to a reprobate mind. Because, like you said, self seeking, self satisfying. You have people that will fight and kill you if you step on their new shoes, and will do it in church. What what does oh, that yeah. have to do about God? Right. If you look at me wrong, don't want you to we- sit in. A spot that they may be in, that they may have set the last few weeks. Nothing about God. So, I mean, there's so much we go we bring into the, the teaching of it. But I, I know we have another caller. Um, let's see here, right, Rodney? I got your message. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna go. Uh, thank you so much, Henry, for calling for uh, for calling in and pressing one. Uh, just hold tight, and if we get a chance, we'll come back to you. But we do have another caller, and we want to get back to. Uh, Something else. Uh, we're going to bring in another caller yeah. here from area code five zero one. Last four digits are seven six five seven. Caller, you on the air? Hey, hello. Can you hear me? Yes, hello? we can. Hey, how you doing, Rodney? What's up, Tim? How you doing? Hey, hey good. Sorry, how, man. Are how are you? I'm doing good. I was just listening to the conversation, and, and I was listening to the part about uh, when the lady was speaking about truth, and. But truth is only a fable that's agreed upon two people, two common people that is looking for the same thing. Because what's truth to one person is not truth to another person. Say, so let's say for instance, religion. If you look at uh, Eastern Orthodox and Western religion, Christianity, they are two different things. Their concepts of how they worship is, is totally different. So when we we have to be careful on the words that we choose when we're talking about other people's faith, because how we see it is not necessarily how somebody else sees it. Because God. Is who we deem him to be in our own eyes. Because who, like, if I go talk to my wife, say, Who is God? She'll give me her own version. And she go be wholeheartedly about that version. And she'll come back to me and say, Core, who's God? And I'm saying, This is what God is. And we can read the exact same scripture and get two different things from it. Because God is like that. God is not to be put into a box to where we can say, This is where he must be. 
But the, the other part of it is I want to say that if we're looking for a solution, the solution has already been given. We just fail to realize it. If you read uh, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, it says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But the temptation, he will, will also provide a way of escape that you may all be able to endure it. Within that right there itself, there's a way of escape. But the problem is, I, my, my thing would be, are we actually looking for a way of escape? Do we want to go through through the course of finding that escape? Or are we so selfish that we, we like where we're at, we're content in the pity that we all we dwell in right now? So that would be my thing. I think he gave us a way. He, he told us in, in 1 Corinthians 10, I'm going to give you a way. But then the problem is, are we actually looking for a way? Another part of it is, I know y'all were talking about the church. Uh, we, I, I agree with Tammy in some aspects of we have to get out of letting the church be what God is. Church is not God. Church cannot represent God. There's no symbol that can ever represent God. And we have to get out of putting the, putting the pastor beyond who he really is, which is a man that brought the word and not God himself. And I think that's what a lot of us do, is that we put the man above God and we leave God out the picture. The church supposed to be, used to be, should have been to where it gives you power. It gives, it's supposed to give the man the power of a domination, of, of, of dominion over a lot of things. But the church failed to do that. We bring men in. And we don't give them the tools necessary to to attack the world, to be in the world, to get the th- the things they need in order to conquer the world. That's why you have more men and no more women in church than men. When a woman comes to church, she's looking for that love. She's looking for that that, that tenderness. She's looking for that, that 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 consulting part. She gets what she needs. But when a man comes to church, he doesn't get what he needs. So why go? He leaves empty-handed. He leaves worse off than he came. That's that's my opinion. What, what what do you what what do what do you and, and Nika might want to comment since you talked about the brought up the part that she was talking about the truth because I think we were talking about two different things there but um, what I just have to ask this question because when you bring up men and it it, it takes me back to the the event where do we go from here and when mm-hmm. I read the stats on the father the father fatherless world basically. What do you mm-hmm. what is what are the men looking for? What do men need to thrive to to be that man? Especially our young boys, what do men need so that they can turn around and give it to that young boy who is going to be someone's husband and someone's father and who at this time is someone's brother? What does that man need? And and how do we give it? How how does the world give it? And why isn't more people giving it? Okay, in my personal opinion, when a man walks into a church, unless he's tired, unless he's beat down, unless he's ready to change, there's nothing that the, that the church can give him, that the church can do for him until he's ready. Because, see, in order to receive a blessing from God, you have to be open to receive that blessing. You have to be open to receive the way that it's going. When most men come to church, it's because either we saw a woman that we want or, you know, we just go, oh, hey, I might as well go. But we're not looking for anything. And then just so okay, happens that, every for, once for in a while. For that one who is, Corey. For that one who is. For, the one for that one who's there. Yeah. The one that's there that's looking for something. When he walks in the door, he must feel that love. That genuine, cold-hearted, you're not judging me love. 
what happens in a lot of churches where if you ask most guys, when they walk into a church, the first thing they're going to be, they're going to be judged. Either you're sagging, you ain't dressed neat enough, you know, you don't know where to sit, you ain't clapping loud enough, you're not you know, singing loud enough, you ain't stomping hard enough, you automatically judging. So, therefore, a man himself, he don't want to be treated like a child, so he shuts down. So his thing in his mind is that why even go back? I came looking for something. I came searching for something. The preacher is too busy up there hooping and hollering and, and fail to realize that this man is hurting. He needs prayer. He needs something that's going to give him to go through that next day. And then we don't give that. So to answer your question, we need people that the bottom line is need love. Above all else, love. Love conquers all because God is love. That's in First John. This is Rodney. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here real quick. Uh, I'm gonna jump in here uh, real quick, and then uh, I'll turn it back over to you, Tammy. Uh, from from what I've seen uh, with, with with my experiences in church, um, and even in conversations I've had with people, is there's a lot of foolishness in church, yep. or that is associated <laughs> with church, and men, the average man. That I know, can't speak for old men, but the average man I know doesn't have time for the foolishness, and we're 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 we're, we're purposeful people. We're not we're not emotional, you know, as as, as women are are stereotyped. When, when it comes to men, if we if we don't see. Uh, if we don't have a need for it and we don't have a desire for it, then we don't want to be bothered with it. And so when you look at the church, it's not um, – church does not operate in a way that attracts men to the church, um, men that who are actually looking for, um, you know, I guess the purpose that should go along with church, which is God. And so for the average man that I know, it's like I'm not going to waste my time going there every Sunday when I'm not getting anything out of it. And why am I not getting anything out of it? Because it's a bunch of foolishness. And when you when you think about women, and Corey said that women go and get what they need. Well, what I've seen in church is it's a it's all about a feeling, right? People and and that's how people can go in Sunday, Wednesday, weekend, and week out. They go in and they leave out the same way that they went in. They get in the prayer line every single Sunday. Their lives are still the same when they go back home. Nothing changes throughout the week. Why? Because if they're caught up in this emotion and this feeling, and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna have a good time. And everything's going to be all right for two hours. Think about uh, the way that, and I think that times have changed, but I know when I was growing up, like, men had this reputation of just being these, these players and these dogs. Well, who were they Who were they dogging out? Women. Why? Because they would go and they would have all this smooth language and this smooth talk for, for, for these women, and they would fall for it because of how the man looked, how he presented himself, the things that he would say, and then next thing you know, their, their life is in shambles. And so mm-hmm. what do you see going on in church now? Like the show we had one time before, Tammy, a whole lot of pimping going on in the pulpit. And men are saying, 
Well, you're not going to pimp me. But women don't see it that way. So they go and, hey, you know, I got this relationship with the Lord and blah, 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 blah. And you're like, uh, okay, if you say so. And so I, I think that is the difference between the two. I think that men and women see the church uh, uh, in two, from, from two different views, and I think that Sometimes. is what keeps men out. And I think the same thing is going on in our <laughs> schools. If you look at if you if you look at our schools, if you look at our schools, it it is hard for boys to thrive in school because it's not set up that way. It's not set up for boys to go to school and thrive. If you if you if you go into if you go into a school, boys are are immature, and boys are active, right? But what do the teachers tell you to do in school? Sit down and be quiet. That's not that's not a boy. Boys need to run around. They got a lot of energy. They want to crack jokes and all these other things. So if you put them in that environment, guess what? They're not going to. Most of them, not all of them, most of them are not going to thrive because that's not them. That's just what I've seen. My two cents. I, I, Nika, I heard you a couple of times, and I didn't know if you wanted to comment on anything. That's why Can I heard I you say something. Yes, that's why we left you in. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, at first, is it the second gentleman still on the line? Yes, uh, Corey. Corey. Yes. That was. Yeah. Hi, hi. Oh, I, you know, first, good. First, I agree wholeheartedly with a lot of what you said, and I know that to be the truth because I have experienced it. So much, and the truth that I was talking about, you know, not in reference to any other, you know, religion or how someone else may view God, but my truth yeah. is that that God is who God says He is. That's my truth. Now, how anybody else, you know, reads and and what He means to them, like you said, you were reading the scriptures and say how someone may interpret. I mean, even people that are say you know, quote-unquote, in the same religion uh, would interpret Scripture differently. So, you know, that is a, a actually uh, agreeable statement, I mean, because we see that everywhere. But I, I truly believe in, in what you're saying, especially with, you know, men coming into the church. And I would have to say that a lot of times women feel the same way too, um, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes when you go into church, you know, and you – yeah, it's nice, you know, I'm feeling bad, I'm feeling down, and you go into church and somebody say, you know, I'm going to pray for you. Yeah, I know you're going to pray for me, but my life's getting ready to get turned out. You know, sometimes people need the additional supplement. You know, people need action. You know, people need, you know, I remember a time, you know, you would go to the church and the church would help you because that's what the church was there for, you know, to actually go out and give back to the communities they were in to help the widows, you know, to actually contribute to the well-being of the community. Um, Unfortunately, now we see in churches, you know, a lot of people tithing and, you know, giving money and not getting anything in return, you know, and feeling guilty if they don't tithe, you know, um, or give that, you know, certain amount of money, you know. um, But I – it's amazing that what a lot of men see – seem to believe that is different between men and women in the church, we have a lot more similarities than none. 
um, even with going in the church dressed a certain way. You know, we may see a lady come in the church, and, you know, she may have on a little dress, you know, or something like that, but that may be all she has in her closet because maybe she was that prostitute. But right now, God said, come as you are. So that's how she came. But she gets ostracized and leaves the church because she feels ashamed for coming as she is. You know, and, and women, we experience that. You know, I experienced going in church and not judging anyone on their prayer and constantly going up to the prayer line. But it blows my mind to see people coming into the church. And and there are certain things that we, you know, we, we pray for, you know, and God will move on his time. But in some things, there is no reason that we should be continuously standing in the prayer line for the same thing because somewhere is a breakdown. Either you're not getting fed or you're not ingesting the word that you're being taught. So I think there's a lot of conflict in a lot of different areas. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, even like what Rodney is talking about the men in the church, you know, and, and, and how a man, you know, men go into the church because they're looking for something. Women go into church looking for something too sometimes. You know, it's crazy sometimes being foolish. Women are looking for husbands. Women are looking for everything but God. You know, so it's it's like sometimes that, that street is, is two ways. It's not just a man, you know. And then you got to think about the woman <coughs> who is not in her right place and is coming in as the man and the husband and the wife and taking care of the children. So she's trying to stand in two roles, a role that she doesn't even belong in. So she's already messed up right there because she's trying to be a man where she clearly cannot be a man because there's just certain things that women cannot do, we were not meant to do, and it were things that we were not meant to feel. But I think that we can share that burden because a lot of women, you know, we go through the same things, you know, the the feeling out of place, the feeling ostracized, um, feeling abused sometimes in the church, you know, and also turning the pastor or the minister into the God instead of actually worshiping God as Tammy said earlier. So I believe that we have more things in common, you know, as um, a sex versus, you know, um, differences. I believe that we're kind of all on the same page. I believe that, you know, at one point I believe that is there needs to be clarity, and I, I believe that the word needs to be preached and not watered down. I don't think that people are getting the full word. I believe that it is watered down, so people are going out, unfortunately, ignorant and not being equipped with the tools that they need to go back out into the world and spread the gospel. The apostles, they were strong. They sat with Christ. They walked with Christ. They were equipped. They were built up. They were prepared. Their words had power, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Church, we should go to church, the fellowship to learn, to get our strength, and then take it back out into the world and then to spread the gospel. But that's not what we're doing. We're going into the church sick, we're staying sick, and then we're leaving out and sometimes tainting the world versus giving them the word. So, you know, I just wanted to say, you know, that that was my truth, you know, that God is who God is and that, you know, that we have more in common versus differences. Okay, I'm going to have to piggyback 
as a woman, and I, I, I agree on, on, on most of, of what you said, especially the part about um, women and, and their need. Because I know for me, I grew, and I know we've totally changed this, y'all, but it still goes back to that reprobate mind if, if, you, if you allow it to. But I remember just growing so, um, what is the word for it? Just, I just thought, is this it? Like I, after many, many services, I found myself uh, sitting, is this it? Like, is this really it? Like, I got so sick of seeing this big red clock that allows 60 minutes for a service because you got an 8, a 10, an 11, and a 12. And I, I, just, I just say that that is all about money. Like, you have so many services so you can get many more people in to give, not to save the souls and to change the lives of people. But I will go, go back to here. After all that's said and done, whether it's in church, whether you're in church, out of your church, in your feelings, out of your feelings, um, the reprobate mind or not, God, things may have changed. The way things work may have changed. We may be a bit more modern, but I know that God has not changed. His truth for you, because we, we did start out with saying People have to not look at this world, not look at other people to find their truth. I, I pointed out that my grandmother said, if it convicts you, it's wrong for you. So I, I agree with, with Corey on the on the point where we can read the same scriptures and we get different things because our lives are different. Our perception of life, our heart is different. The things that are upon our heart is different. However, I do know that through and by the Holy Spirit, what 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 whatever that means to you in your in your faith and your walk because again we are all different that you can change you can be different you will be if you seek that I don't care if you're going to a church that is not feeding you you can go home and feed yourself because we said you are without excuse you are without excuse if your church is not doing it, if your pastor is not doing it, if your husband is not doing it, if your wife is not doing it, you're without excuse. Because if, no, I, I, don't, I don't feel like there's anyone that God has not shown himself to in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Some way. Whether you listened, whether you decided to see, that's on you. But I do feel that, I know, I won't say feel, that we are all without excuse. All without excuse. So whether you have the reprobate mind or not, whether you know someone that has it or not, um, we just need to get real first with ourselves about who we are. And then don't be that. Be whoever that is, be that. And guard your heart. Don't let people in and out of your lives. Don't let don't pick from the wrong tree. Don't pick the bad tree. Yeah. We are addicted to that. We have become addicted to foolishness and evil. I think yes. everybody should just scroll down their Facebook timeline. Just scroll down your own line and let it tell you who you are. Let it talk to you. Let it tell you what you are connected to and drawn to. I saw a posting today, maybe one day your life will be as great as you appear to make it on Facebook. I thought, wow. But we're so busy <laughs> wanting to look like. And and when we think we look like it, somehow it convinces us to feel like it. But that wears that wears off. 
That way yeah. Suicide is up. Suicide is up within our teens, within adults. I mean, so is all this working? We have not conformed to the pattern of this world. We are addicted to this world. Yet I find myself ready to just go find me a little house in the middle of nowhere and just just slow down. We're missing God. So we didn't, Ryan, we have to read the 28th, though, because that will, and we maybe will close it out there, you guys, but we've got to get that part in because that is, that's just kind of going to bring you up to date with what has what is going on now, what is what is happening, and whether we want to face it or not that um, people are turned over or are not turned over. Things are happening today that should not be happening, period. They're happening because of a lack of parenting, a lack of seeking and serving God, and most of all because we are worshiping the creature ourselves rather than the creator. Yeah. Jamie, I'm gonna, when you do that, uh, you're headed for a disaster. I'm going to start with verse 26. Uh, before I do, uh, there's feedback 26. coming okay. from somebody. I'm not not quite sure who it is. Um, but I'm going to start with uh, with Romans one uh, twenty six, and it says, For this cause, everything that we talked about, says, For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. But even... Their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meek. So it says that because these people chose to be wicked, God gave them up. He gave them a reprobate mind, which we read earlier, someone who is headed for damnation. So if you look at today, as Tammy was saying, no, this is, uh, and, 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 I, and I do agree with, with Henry, if you look at the way that this is written, it's it's past tense. However, it doesn't mean that it doesn't apply today. And if you look at what is happening, one of the biggest things that the biggest transformations that we've seen in this country, it is homosexuality. To the point where homosexuality is it it has become the norm. If you say anything against homosexuality, whether it's hey I don't believe in homosexuality or I don't support it condone it, whatever the case may be, you are looked at as being an evil person, a hateful person. Why? Because homosexuality has been accepted in our society. Now, this is not the first time that like homosexuality didn't just start, right? But think about to the first time that we probably heard about it, which was back in Sodom and Gomorrah times, even then, what happened? God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. But if you look at what is happening today, people have given up, and it says what is natural. Natural. 
They have gone away from what is natural to what is unnatural. So now, instead of men interested in women and women being interested in men, now men are longing to be with other men and women are longing to be with other women. And if you keep going in verse 28, it says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, sorry, uh, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, uh, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness. So here's the thing that God gave them over to. Unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, Implacable, sorry, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do this. So, Tammy, I think that last part is just as important as the rest of it. It says, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but they have pleasure in them that that do them. So even not only are they doing these things, not only have they been turned over to them, but they think it's okay and they enjoy watching other people do them. They celebrate other people do. It says have pleasure in them that that, that do them. So when you find somebody who uh in somebody who is just out of control, somebody who is just sinful, they both are dangerous. You know what, Rodney? This one says, "This one says, but but also approve of those." And I like that word um, in, in verse thirty-two: who knowing who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice, like you said, such things are deserving of death. Not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So meaning you are you are, you are, you you stamp approval on the very people but we but somehow we've gotten caught up with that being judging. But if you mm-hmm. don't speak the truth in, in love, I think this this thing about not judging keep a lot of people in their stuff, in their feelings, in their, hmm, I'll just stop it right there. We just, it just keeps them at a place. But is it because that we want to be able to do what we want to do as well? Because mm-hmm. if I come to you with my stuff, then you have a right to come to me and should, even if I don't come to me with my stuff. But, again, we don't, and I'm going to include myself in that we don't. We don't. There's some things that that just should just be dealt with, period. But for the sake of looking 
looking like. Whereas, Rodney, you've clearly showed, and I think Nika touched on that as well, that God didn't play. He didn't play. It it, it was what it was. And it should be that way today. It should be that way today. But is it that we play because we want to play? Is it that we play with us with others because or allow others to play because we want to be out there and play with them? We want to be able to stay just like we are and do what we want to do and say what we want to say. Is it because of that? And if it is, like Rodney said earlier, just just claim who you are. Just claim it. At least now you know who you are and what needs to change before you are given over to the reprobate mind. To look mm-hmm. at your own heart. Because the word says, out of it flows the issues of life. And and I just decided that there's so much in me that I got to work through and work out. So I almost don't even have time. I, I mean, I was telling my cousin today, I, I'm not I'm not forgiving of myself anymore. I'm not willing to let myself stay in my stuff, in my feelings, in my emotions, in in, in my own stuff. Because if I do... That's not serving God. I'm not going to grow. And God's word has said, he he is sending. He's going away, but I'm sending you a comforter. I'm sending the Holy Spirit so that all these things now, all these things are possible. A life of righteousness is possible through Christ. It's just a matter of if that's what you're seeking. Is that who you are you desiring, desiring to serve? And at the end of the day, we can't let go of us long enough to try to even do that. It's all about, in most cases, what we see, what we do, what we say is about us, what we want, what I want. Well, you should do this. You should do that. I don't really know what you should do. I can tell you about God, and I can tell you when things don't seem right. But but although you might have you might have a comeback for me for that, but we'd never get to that point because we don't talk, we don't verbalize, because we see that as judging. Yep. And then some of our stuff might have to come out as well. But let's get it out. Let's get it out. And then we can at least deal with it. That's right. We can at least deal with it. So. Rodney and I were going to try to do this again in an hour. We always fail, Rodney. It was probably my fault more tonight. <laughs> it was your fault. <laughs> I'll take the blame tonight. It was on you the other night. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking about uh, me. I'm thinking about were, me, you, right? <laughs> you were collecting money from the saints. That's all we could. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? I never did. The, the saints didn't send that money in. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, 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 the time has definitely come for us to uh, uh, bring it to a close tonight. Uh, but uh, b- before we do, uh, Nika, did you have anything that you wanted to uh, uh, share before we before we get off the call tonight? I love this conversation. It was awesome. And it was growth for me as well. I learned some things. So it was really awesome. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. Thank you. So I don't know. Henry, I think Corey and, and um, Corey and um, Henry are still on, I think, as well. 
Um, I I don't. I just I just say people. If if you have not studied Romans, I let start there. I, I mean, it really is the, the heart of the gospel because it, it's about the heart. About um, it'll it'll like Rodney said. I guess that's the best way to say it. It will it will move you to search your own heart and determine who are, who you are. And I think a lot of us are really wanting from finding out who we really are. We think um, those thoughts that we don't share with people. I know I went through this phase. If if people could read my mind, if people knew some of the thoughts that went on in my head, but God knows. But God knows. And so once once you get to a place where you just say, you know what, I've got some stuff I need to work on. Like Nika said, you know, like you think some things, you might say some things verbally or nonverbal, but but they're there. They're there, and you have to deal with them. If you're going to grow, if you're going to do more than Jesus did, you got to deal with some stuff. And it's not easy. It is definitely not easy. But the first thing to do is to deal with your own heart. Deal with it, because out of it flows. The issues of life. So some of your issues are coming from things on your heart that you've not deal with, you're not dealing with, you don't want to deal with, you're looking over, you're faking through. Deal with them. Deal with them. I'll end there, Rodney. Back to you. Uh, Corey, are you still there? I'm still here, Rodney. What's up? Corey, you got 30 seconds. Go ahead. Final words. Final words. Love. Above all else, love. No matter who a person is, you can conquer all things through love. If you do that, because there's only one sin that's not forgivable, and that's rejecting the Holy Ghost. Everything else can be worked around. Thank you so much, Corey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Henry, are you still there? Yes. Henry, you got 30 seconds. Go ahead. Uh, once upon a time, when the, when we lived in a more of a village atmosphere, and we thought that we were under attack, men thought it was an honor to join the army and fight because they knew that they was joining something that was going to be for the cause. We said we were in a battle against night and dark. If the church or people who are spiritual were actually out there engaging the darkness, men would come because they would see they have a place in this earth to serve and function and give their lives for it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, Tammy, I'm just going to uh, end with this. And uh, this came uh, to my mind uh, as we were having a discussion tonight. So I'm just going to end with this. And uh, it's going to be Luke, the 16th chapter, verses 19 to 31. And I feel like there's so many um, there's so many lessons that can be learned here, but I'm going to uh, keep this very short. Uh Verse 19, it says, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried, and in hell he lifts up his eyes, being in torment, and seeing seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. 
And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let they hear them. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham. But if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And if you listen or Listen carefully to what's being said in the scripture. So you have two different people here. And one had everything while he was here on the earth. The other one, he struggled. But when they died, their their roles reversed. But the point I want to pull out here is where he asked if he could go back and talk to his brothers so they wouldn't end up where he is. And how Abraham said, if they don't hear the people that God has already sent, they are not going to listen to anybody who's dead. So we think a lot of times that people have it together because we talked about worshiping people and idolizing people. We look at people and we really think that they have it together. But we don't know where those people stand from God. And how many people, I wonder, have left this earth thinking that they had it together and found out that they didn't? And they're hoping, or they would have wanted to come back and say, please, 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 learn from me. Do not come in. But it doesn't even matter. Because if they were to come back, people still wouldn't listen. And they could come back and say, I've been to hell. And people still would ignore the truth. Yes, we all interpret things different ways, and God gave everybody a measure of faith. The truth itself has never changed. Neither has God. Whatever you do, people, as we close the show tonight, Make sure that you are living a life that is pleasing to you, that is pleasing to God. Because what you don't want to do is end up in a position where you are living with regrets and you know that you have fallen out of God's grace. So examine your own heart tonight. Examine where you are. And ask God. And I'm sure he'll show you. 
Thank you guys for tuning in with us tonight. We'll see you next week. Same time, same station. Good night, everybody.
passing me by Every now and then It's feeling like My ship has gone and sailed away But I I gotta be strong Gotta hold on It won't be too long Now the tide is coming Yes, 